Welcome to the Cherry Hill Sermon Podcast. The following message is from Youth Sunday, taught by Pastor Lee Willis and Matt Hartman. Thanks for joining us today. Good morning, Cherry Hills. Yeah, it's 9.30, so we expect Peppy uh, here. Uh, I am Lee. For those that don't know, I am the current youth pastor here at Cherry Hills. Uh, This morning, as you know, it's Youth Sunday, uh, and so we're really excited about that. And one of the things we always try to do on Youth Sunday is kind of showcase our ministry. Uh, What we do is you see the worship team, see students ushering and all that stuff. One of the things we're going to do for the first time since I've been here is we're going to add the other element we've never added yet is the teaching ministry. And so this morning, Matt Hartman, who's one of our graduating seniors this year, is going to teach with me uh, this morning. And Matt and I have co-taught a number of times uh, at senior high and junior high together. And he's also even taught on his own a few times at both those places. So I'm really excited uh, to have him up here with me this morning. He's going to start us off in a little bit here to talk about what it means to be a Timothy and have a Paul. And then I'm going to come on a little bit later and talk about what it means to be a Paul and have a Timothy. So let's pray as we get started. God, we do thank you for days like these where we can remind students in our church that the the students are the church now. God, how we pour into them and let them lead us as well as leading them. So I thank you for this time today. Be with Matt and I as we try to teach these truths. And God, we just pray for the body that they'll hear these truths and hopefully be encouraged, maybe even challenged to live these truths out. Thank you for this time. In your name, amen. All right, cool. So uh, my name is Matt, as Lee said. I just graduated from Glenwood High School in June, I think. Yeah, and then um, I'll be going to Baylor University this fall. So that's just a little bit about myself. I just want to start off today and just say thank you to Cherry Hills, um, to the leadership, but also just the congregation. It's so open to allowing um, youth to be such a big part of, of this week that we get a week to be as much as we possibly can be um, going through what a Sunday looks like. It's great training for us um, to be the church now, not just in the future. So that's so exciting for me. I'm seeing a lot of familiar faces just um, looking around, which is a lot different than last service where the majority of the people I didn't recognize. So it's cool to see a lot of you here. Um, But I just want to thank you for two things specifically. First thing is um, that, yeah, just my opportunity to be here and teach this morning without, you know, a college degree or seminary training, and you're sticking an 18-year-old kid up here and letting him kind of talk for 15 minutes, so that could be scary to a lot of people. The other thing, thank you for, I was able to go on a mission trip, missionary internship for a month, just got back on Thursday, so still a little tired from that, but I'm going to do my best this morning, but thank you for the support, prayerfully, spiritually, and financially as well, just from Cherry Hills, it's such, uh, that backing that they're, it's so important to them to send youth to learn and train in that way, uh, means so much to me, and, and was able to be a great trip, so. Um, we're going to go ahead and jump into the Word today. It's going to be 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 10. We're going to do 10 through 17, which is eight verses. But I'm going to kind of go through the whole thing uh, verse by verse and try to do very Bible study-esque kind of going through little by little um, and, and getting the big picture and just seeing what the, what the Word's saying this morning because I don't have any authority apart from from God, from the Spirit, and from His Word that He gives to us. So um, I just want to stick to that as much as I can this morning. 
Oh, and if you didn't bring a Bible and you want to follow along, we have those black Bibles in the seat racks in front of you. Um, they're not hymnals, they're Bibles, and they, it's on page 833 in those Bibles there. So I'm gonna, this, is a, this is a letter to Timothy from Paul, who is an apostle, and, uh, and at this point, a lot of times when I think of, of Timothy, I think of the young um, 18 to 22-year-old kid somewhere in that range that is, you know, a leader in the church, but real young. At this point, when 2 Timothy was written, it's, he's actually probably in his later 30s or 40s. Paul and Timothy have known each other for about 15 years at this point. So they've been able to build a relationship um, on which they've, there's a lot of leadership and mentorship and training going into that. And at this point, Paul, again, as we see many times in the New Testament, is staring death in the face. Um, he doesn't know if he's going to live to the next day. And so he's writing to Timothy, who he really cares about a lot, and wants to send this letter to him and encourage him and teach him so that as he continues his ministry, um, he will be successful in everything he does. So, um, so we'll just go ahead and, and get into reading it um, right before that. I just want to sum, sum up, up this eight verses, if I can speak this morning. Um, it's just that the Christian life is hard, uh, is what Paul is saying to Timothy. It's not something the Bible doesn't say. The Christian life is easy. It's not the easy decision to make, but um, it is well worth it, is what Paul is encouraging him. And to allow yourself to be successful and being the person God calls us to be, Paul is encouraging Timothy to, to learn from people and learn from God, both in, because ultimately we're, that learning and that growth is from the Lord, but he often uses people to do that. So I'm going to go ahead and start reading verse 10 and 11. It says, now you followed my teaching, conduct, purpose, faith, patience, love, perseverance, persecutions, and sufferings, such as happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra. What persecutions I endured, and out of them all, the Lord rescued me. Amen. So the first thing that I noticed there is you followed You followed past tense. Timothy has been following this entire time, this 15 years that they've known each other. And Paul is affirming to Timothy, you've followed me. You've you've done what I've done. You've looked at me, and I've been your example. So in the notes there, uh, if you're following along, Timothy follows the lead and the example of Paul. Paul has set a great precedent, a great example for Timothy in the life that Paul has lived since becoming Paul, changing from Saul as we see earlier in the New Testament, or yeah, in the New Testament. And so at this point, um, we see that Paul is affirming to Timothy, you have followed what I've been teaching these last 15 years that we've been together. You've, you've, you've fought the fight. You're continuing to grow. I'm proud of you in that way. Verse 12, um, we see a little bit different, so I'll go ahead and read that. Indeed, it says, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. But evil men and impostors will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. So there's a little bit of a change of tone here where Paul is going from, yeah, you followed what I've said. I'm proud of you. You've done a great job obeying and and seeing how I've lived and mimicking that and how you've lived. And he changes his tone in verse 12 and says, all who live godly in Christ will be persecuted and it's only going to get worse because evil men and impostors will proceed from bad to worse. So he's referring specifically earlier in this chapter, verses 1 through 9, where he's talking about false teachers within the church that are preaching a false gospel. And so Paul is, yeah, he's warning against that. But I can just imagine Paul in this state of being, staring death in the face, 
and, and being scared, but also looking towards Timothy and being scared for Timothy because he understands that Timothy is going to have to go some of the, through some of the same hard times that Paul had to go through. And that's not something Paul really wants to think about. And so he doesn't say it real bluntly, but he kind of says, all will, well, will face this. He doesn't say, you, Timothy, will face hard times. You'll be beat up. You'll be persecuted. You might be killed. He doesn't go out and blunt. I think it would be hard for him to say that because I think he cares so much about Timothy and who he is that he kind of goes in a roundabout way and says, all will face that. But I think really what he's thinking is, look at, look at what I've gone through. Look at the scars on my back. Look at the, the, the thorn in my side. And look at just all that I've had to go through. And, it's, and it hurts. And he specifically mentions his experiences and persecutions at Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. So these cities were actually really close to where Timothy grew up and where he lived. So he's, Paul specifically mentions those three cities. Those weren't the only cities that he was persecuted in, that Paul was, but they were cities that Timothy would have known about. Maybe Timothy was there at the time. Maybe Timothy knew his ministry in those three cities. And so the persecution specifically in the area of where Timothy was, Timothy's familiar with this happening. Now, my experience, my persecution, and I know all of us have gone through persecution as Christians, whether it's one way or the other. A lot of times it's not physical, being beat up or persecuted. For me, it was my freshman year, going from having a group of friends that became very much aggressive uh, against my faith. And I faced a lot of persecution of being made fun of, a lot of persecution of being ridiculed and tempted to do things that the Lord was not calling me to do, that was calling me against. And so for me, that was something that I experienced, my persecution, that all will be persecuted. And I know as I go to Baylor University this fall, there will be temptations that I will face. There will be false teachers that are there. And so this is a call, not just to Timothy, but to all of us, that we will go through times where it's not easy and that it's hard, but ultimately we are to, to get through those and depend on Christ and make that easier by not living the Christian life alone. So that's one of the notes there. I've got the next note is the Christian life, it's not meant to be done alone. Christian life is not meant to be done alone. We have people in our lives that want to pour into us, and I'll talk about that a little later, but, but there are people that we can ask for for support. We can ask for Paul's in our lives. And here in this situation, Paul is warning Timothy, teaching Timothy, showing him how he's living so that when Timothy gets to those hard times, when he faces those false teachers, he has confidence to go into that situation still as a young man, but able to, because of his training, be more confident in that sense. So I'm going to continue on in the scriptures. Um, verse 14 says, you, again, this is Paul writing to Timothy, you, Timothy, however, continue in the things you've learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them. So there's two things that stuck out to me in this one. And, and the first one is just Paul's continuing on and building, building on what you've learned. Because he just mentioned how life's going to be hard in the Christian life. Like I said, it's not meant to be done alone. It won't be easy. Things are only getting worse. So he says, continue in what you've learned. Build on that. Don't allow what you know now to be sufficient for you, but continue to grow in your faith. On top of that, the second thing that stuck out to me that was a little more, not maybe what, he was, what Paul was directly saying with the overall message, but that I noticed was that he uses the word whom, or at least in my translation, and I'm sure what was meant there is, and Paul is saying, whom you have learned, whom being plural. This isn't just Paul that's, that has been training Timothy his whole life. Uh, specifically, Paul's uh, referring to Timothy's mother and grandmother. 
Now, Timothy's mother was a Jew and his father was a Gentile. So Timothy's mother raised him in the scriptures and was able to kind of raise him into the, the man of faith that he would become when Paul's writing this, as well as his grandmother in that same aspect, raising him in the scriptures to, look, to know the scriptures, the Old Testament at the time, so that when he would grow of age, he would be a man of faith. And like Zach mentioned, that's that, that idea of, of parents to their children. But not only was, was that, those two women leaders, Timothy allowed Paul to take him under his wing as well. Timothy wasn't content to allow just his mother and his grandmother be leaders in his life. He wanted other people to come alongside, specifically Paul, somebody that had experience, somebody that was living the faith, take him under his wing so that he could grow even more. Timothy wants to become the man that God's calling him to be, and I hope that that is something that I strive to do and continue on as I go off to college and that all of you, regardless of where you are in life, that that is an idea or a foundation that you want to continue to become the person the Lord's calling you to be. So um, I'm going to continue on and finish out this chapter here uh, in the Word. It's 15 through 17 here. And that from childhood you've known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate and equipped for every good work. So those, those verses there, it's talking about the scriptures, right? It's talking about the Bible. For In this sense, it was talking about the Old Testament, but ultimately what has been sent by God, God's word that was given to them. And so what Paul's been talking about this whole time up until this point is allow people to help you help yourself to become the person God wants you to be. Allow me to help you, and you've done that, Timothy. You've allowed me to guide you along the way, and you've allowed your mother and your grandmother to guide you along the way to become that person. But he's saying on top of that, God is allowing you to do that. God is helping you to do this. He's not just giving you scriptures, but on top of that, he's giving you the spirit, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of the Lord that's able to come into us and give us power to become more like him. This is specifically the gospel. The gospel is everything that, that this church revolves its ministry around. It's everything that in the Dominican Republic, everything my ministry was revolved around while I was there. Everything I wanted to do was revolved around how can I great in the kingdom through the gospel. It's the central idea of our faith is the foundation is our salvation. And so, in that way, Paul wants to encourage Timothy by saying, it's not just me that trains you, it's not just these people that train you, but it's God through those people, and it's God directly through his word that are able to train us and equip us to become, again, the people that the Lord wants us to become. So, on your notes, and I mentioned it already, but the gospel is the foundation of who Timothy is and becomes. I'm going to continue on on the notes there. Characteristics of Timothy. I've got three little bullets listed. He's open to learning. So open to learning. He's humble, and he has a willingness to submit to God. So one more time. He's open to learning. He's humble. And he has a willingness to submit to God. We see that in all the things that I've already talked about, that he's willing to, already having people in his life that pour into him, and his mother and his grandmother, but still inviting Paul to be a part of his life. Because he wants to not only be content with the leadership that he already has, but he wants to go above and beyond and progressively pursue that becoming 
um, of the person that the Lord wants him to be. So again, that's that central theme that I'm just continuing to repeat. Just becoming the person that God wants us to be. And it's not easy. It's persecution. It's, the Bible doesn't say it's easy. Things will only get worse is what Paul is saying. But we can allow people to come into our lives to become, uh, allow that, that process to become easier. That sanctification process and becoming who the Lord wants us to be in our lives centraled around the gospel. So that's uh, essentially, um, that's just all powered by what God is doing through his spirit, um, through the spiritual gifts we're given and, and who he is. is just not isolating us from from being able to, to grow, but God is coming alongside of us through the people that we have in our lives and, and through his word that is empowering us to become Timothy's and seeking Paul's that will make that spiritual journey one that is not only easy, easier as much as possible, but through training and learning that we can be propelled to do the work of the Lord and build his kingdom in that way. So, as I've mentioned, the Christian life's hard for all. So there are people that are not as far along in, our, in, our, in their faith as we are. And so we want to be looking towards them. So Lee's going to come up just now and talk about how, how important it is to not just focus on how can we grow and have Paul's in our life, but also to be Paul's for those that are coming along and how that brings growth to us as well. Yeah, and it's... Those characteristics that Matt said are really important, being a Timothy myself to people, but also being a Paul. I mean, if you don't want to learn, if you don't want to be humble, it's going to be really frustrating for the Paul in your life because that's the whole point, right, is they want to come alongside and help you. And if you're not going to listen to that, uh, then, then why even have a Paul in that sense, right? So now we're going to look at Paul. What does he do? What does he say? What does he bring to the table? And so we're going to flip our Bibles back a little bit to 1 Timothy chapter 4. And see what he says about this to Timothy's. We're going to start in verse 11 in chapter 4. It says this. Command and teach these things. Don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. But set an example for the believers in speech, in life, in love, in faith, in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching and to teaching. Do not neglect your gift which was given you through a prophetic message when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Be be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. And so how we're going to do this and pull this out is I'm a visual aid junkie. I'm one of those guys that needs to see something to help me understand something. And so what I'm going to do today is give you a visual aid to, that I like to use. And we've kind of been taught as pastors to kind of speak to you. Now, the beauty of this is I know you're going to look at me and go, yeah, you're a pastor. Well, yes, I am. But anybody can do this. There's even people already doing it in our church, the Sunday school teachers, the life group leaders, to youth ministry and children's ministry, small group leaders. And there's even many of you that are already pouring into other people as a Paul figure. But I want to give you this visual aid to kind of help you go, how do I measure though? 
How do I know when I help a Timothy along? Where's those phases? What do those things look like? How do I know it's okay to let them go and do their thing like me and Matt? You know, how, how is it okay and when is it okay to let that, uh, that kid, right, come up here and teach with me kind of thing? So on your back of your notes, I'm going to give you a, what we call a shape, I guess, a square. And we're just going to use that to kind of help us with our visual aid walk around what this can look like in a Paul's life. And so the first thing we're going to do is at the very top of the square, we're going to write this big word called vision. That's the first thing we're going to do. And that's the first thing we do as a church, right? That is part of what all the pastors try to do. That's why we have these beautiful banners sitting up here, right? Hanging up here. If you look to your right, love the Lord, love one another, serve the world. That is our vision for Cherry Hills. We hope you become this person. We hope you do these things, right? That's what we're calling you to. So Paul, in his letter, actually calls Timothy to four things. And I'm not going to write these on the board. If you want to write them for yourself on your notes next to the vision, it's these four things. In verse 12, have confidence in self. Now we know he's talking about the youngness of Timothy. Hey, there's probably some older guys probably picking on you. You might not confidence because you are young. You know, in a lot of your eyes, I'm still a young buck, right, being 35. But my students' eyes, I'm a really old dude. Right? But I have to find that confidence, right, to stand on this stage. No matter how much I respect many of you, how many of you have been Paul's to me, I still have to find confidence. And let's be honest, there are days where all of us face really good days where we're confident who we are, and there's days where we struggle. So Paul, the second things he brings is also in verse 12, set an example for the believers. And he actually takes it further, as we see in our passage. He brings in the fact of, hey, be an example in these things, in your speech, in your life, in your love, in your faith, and in your purity. And then he goes down a little further in verse 13, and he says, here's the next thing I'm hoping you will become and do, is I want you to be devoted to Scripture. And that's what as we see through the public reading, through the preaching, through the teaching. And then in verse 14, he brings in the last and final part of the vision that he wants for Timothy right now is use your gifts. And so we have that. He gives them the vision. He said, this is who I hope you become, who I want you to be. In some ways, what I want you to do. Now it's up to Timothy, though, to say, yes, I'm in or no, I'm out. And when we're Paul's, it's not always going to be as simple to go up to somebody and go, say yes or no. Sometimes it's as simple as seeing how they live their life and you know if they want to or not. It's the case with student ministries. I can give this supposedly grand vision, right, for students. But if they don't buy into it, they don't believe it, and they don't want it for themselves, it's going to be hard to be their Paul. But if they want it and want to run with it, then I can be their Paul. That's why we have another thing called student leadership, where you see everybody on this stage today has been a part of our senior high student leadership team. These are our Timothys in the student ministry. People that want to run and be who God wants them to be and learn how to be used by God and use their gifts to be able to vote to scripture, right? 
learn how to be confident in who they are through God. And so part of that is, is we move to the right of the square, which becomes my job. My first part of my job is to show the vision. This is what we hope you to be as students. This is what you hope to be as your Timothys. And in that, if they say yes, then my next job is then to move on to being their coach. Now, some of you might understand this already because you've been in sports or you've been on a music team or a band or any of that stuff, right? I move into the coach position. The first one, I'm doing for them because I'm showing them, hopefully by my life, this is what we're going to call you to be in, and this is what it looks like. And now I'm moving into the phase with a map, per se, where I'm going to now move them in because he said yes, and I'm going to go, now you're going to do it with me, though. And you're going to come alongside me, and you're going to do it with me as I keep showing you in some ways. But there's two things that come into play in this, and they're both going to be what we call around the corners. The first around the corner is from the top where the vision is down to where the coaching is. And this around the corner is what we're going to put a really fun word here. Failure. Now in this thing, to get to the coaching part, your Timothys are going to have moments of failure. Sometimes we're so good at it, we don't even realize we purposely did it, Right? I didn't set an example today in speech. I don't always realize that. No, I didn't. I didn't mean that way. Like, it's an example. I'm doing good today so far. <laughs> but if I don't set an example in speech, I fail. And I don't always realize it, that I don't do it. And so part of the thing of a coach is to help me through this failure, or as me, as a Paul, to help my students through their failures and through their struggles. And to care for them. But see, on the other side of your notes, let's go back to the other side of your notes because there's some important things before we can go any further. One is this, the very first note. Paul challenges Timothy to reach his full potential. See, when we cast that vision, we ask them to join us in this journey. We're asking them to reach their full potential. We're not playing a game. I've always told students, if, I, if you're right here, I'm bringing you here. If you want to, we're not going to do this. And once you get there, we're going to take you there, right? The next thing we need to learn from Paul is this, that anytime Paul has talked about Timothy or to Timothy in scripture, he calls Timothy into action. It's both. He calls him to be something, but he also calls him to do something. It's exactly what James talks about, right? Don't just be hearers of the word, be doers as well. Do something with what you're learning, what you're taking in, what Paul's are teaching you. Become that, but also show it by doing, right? But there are characteristics of Paul that help this pace, and also in the phase of coaching is these characteristics. One, he actively teaches and reserves as a resource. When we fail, we need people to help us and be able to help us in that specific fail or that specific struggle or that specific moment. And if I can't help, then maybe I need to help them find a different Paul for that scenario. The next thing is this, is intentively listens. Listening is so important. Why? Because it doesn't make it about me as Paul anymore. It makes it about them as Timothy. If I don't really listen to them, they're not going to want to come talk to me anymore. Because why? I'm telling them they don't matter if I don't listen to them. 
The next thing is create an environment of trust. If Matt comes up to me one day and shares a deep, dark secret, and I have resources to help him and and I listen to him, but I don't build that trust. Like I go off and tell some other people in the youth group about it. Or if I do something with that knowledge, he's never coming to me again. Another thing is this, is courageously love. This is so important to get through this vision of coaching because so many people need love through this moment. They don't need somebody to pick on them or make fun of them or make them feel like, yeah, I am a failure even more than they already probably feel. They need us to love them. And show that love to them. And then finally, another characteristic is the seeing God at work in daily life. And this is what leads us to our next thing around the square. So we're going to take another arrow from coaching the right side of the square down into the bottom. And what we're going to put there is the word grace. See, my job as a Paul now as I've worked with students or worked with Timothys in my life is to help them wrestle with their failures and struggles, but now help them see what God really sees and who they really are and get rid of those lies that we all believe about ourselves in the moment of failure. And once a person starts believing in these new truths about themselves, that's why we did the Ephesians series, right? To remind ourselves of our real identity. Those things can lead us to the next phase that we can allow then our Timothys to go to, and that is empowering them. And this is where discipleship starts to change. Remember, from here, I do, they watch me do it, right? Live it out. From here, I do it, but they do it with me. And then when they move to me empowering them, when they've gone through the failures, when they've learned those graces, and I can entrust them now that they are being who God wants them to be, now I can empower them. And what that means is, now Matt does it, and I help him. And the cool part about this is it leads us to, I know I got a lot of arrows, I like arrows. From empowerment, the bottom, we make it up to the next one, and we're going to add another word there, which is faith. Because once somebody at Timothy starts to understand, yes, I'm probably going to fail. I'm going to work through it. I'm going to find out who I am, who I really am, who God's called me to be. And as I now start to practice living this out on my own with my Paul helping me, guess what I do now? I build my own faith. And the cool part is once they start to build their own faith and start making it their own, we get to do the next thing, which is really cool. We get to do this. We get to release them. Now you might say, hey, this is simple because Matt's a graduated senior. Of course you're releasing him, right? He's going off to college. I'll tell you what, Matt and other students that have been my Timothys, it doesn't matter if they're 18 and going off to college. Even if he was staying in the area, he is at that place where it's time to release him now to fully be who God wants him to be because he's making it his own. But here's the hope for me. that he, When I release him, he doesn't just go off and 
have fun with life, he goes off and finds a Timothy of his own. And goes back through this whole entire thing with his Timothy then. See, that's what real life discipleship is. That's what Paul's trying to teach. That's what Paul shows throughout all of his letters to the different people he comes alongside. The beauty is it's doable. Now, I know there's one big issue that comes into play, and that's time. I know you're like, man, we pay you to do this, dude. You have the time to do this. We pay you to be with the students, right? And I get that. Graciously, you do pay me to do this. See, I felt the grace, right? I pulled that one in. Now I'm empowered. But in that, you can do it too. But here's the thing I always want to say to people on time. It really is between you and your Timothy. And it really depends where you're at on the so-called square. Because coaching is going to take a lot more time than empowering or releasing. See, releasing, I send him off. He's doing completely now, and I'm watching. The cool thing is, here's how it can relate to real life. So my wife and I, we have a one-year-old. Now, I'm not going to sit there to my one-year-old and go, we want you to be devoted to Scripture. We want you to use your gifts. We want you to, you know, right? He's going to be like, excuse me, what? Give me my passy. (laughs) But hopefully as he gets older, my wife and I, as we read the Bible and we learn who God wants him to be, we can give him that vision and hopefully through that, help him through his struggles and failures. And through that, coach him along so hopefully he can learn who God wants him to be. And in that, hopefully as he hits an older age, he can then be empowered to be who he's supposed to be. So when he leaves us, which I'm going to lose it because I don't even want to think about yet leaving for college because that's hopefully hundreds of years later. Uh, <laughs> is Hopefully he'll build his faith. Not mom and dad. Now, could it be the same? Maybe. Hopefully. But then we'll release him to go be who he's supposed to be, to go make more Timothys, to become Paul's. The beauty is you can do this already, and you don't have to be just a parent. You can be a life group leader. You can be a mentor. You could do it to teenage girls. You could do it to teenage boys. You could do it to 38-year-old boys. You could do it to 62-year-old girls, whatever. But the question is, are you willing to take the time? Because the cool thing about this for Timothy, the goal for Timothy in this is to help them see the new grace in their life so they can build the faith to be who God wants them to be. The beauty for us being Paul's is this tool allows us to measure where are they at so we know how to help them. And I've had to do this with a lot of students. Do they even want to be my Timothy? And now where are they at? And how do I help them keep moving? So there is good news to all this craziness. I'm going to let Matt actually come share that part. Okay. Okay, so, yeah, I just, the good news to this sermon, he's really short. Um, (laughs) um, It's essentially... 
you know, stems from, from what I've experienced in my life. Um, and that is that I've been poured into so much by Lee, um, by, you know, my family, my parents, people in my life, other leaders here at Cherry Hills. And, and it's just been incredible. And, and really what, what stuck out to me just studying for this was that we have exactly what goes well with the sermon just right here in this banner. Lee, use this banner. I'm going to use this one. It's just we believe God's calling our church um, to declare war on shallow Christianity beginning with ourselves. And so we want to, as a church, not only declare it within ourselves, but for our congregation. And how can we do that better than to work together to declare shallow Christianity, um, declare war on shallow Christianity? And that is to, to invite um, younger people to, uh, to, uh, to help them so that we can build them up, as well as asking for older people, more experienced people, how can you help me to not be a shallow Christian? So both of those ways, exactly what that, that mission statement that we have is. So there's people within this congregation and within this church and within the church capital C that want to pour into you. And so I just want to say that over you is, you know, if, if, it, if there's fear or pride or something else that's getting in the way of you that want, you know, getting in the way of you talking to somebody that can pour into you, I would just encourage you, shake that off and seek a Paul in your life. Seek someone that can allow you to realize um, the person that the Lord wants you to be and get there in a way that honors God. And then my experience of, of having a Timothy, I've been able to um, be a small group leader for a few years of, um, of some junior high students for a couple of years. And actually, I was just saying that I'm seeing one of them over there right now. And so it's just been awesome to, to be able to be somebody that leads and pours into their life. And it's grown me so much in my faith. One of the things Lee talks about a lot um, to our student leaders is that he can't grow, he can't be appalled to anybody if he is not growing in his faith consistently. And so that's something that it forces you to do as you become a Paul, and I would encourage you to do that, is grow in your faith, and again, become the person that the Lord's calling you to be. So the Lord is with us in doing his work, in glorifying his kingdom. We have the spirit of God. We have the spiritual gifts. So I'd encourage you, don't neglect your spiritual gifts. Every Paul-Timothy relationship is a little bit different. So use the abilities and the gifts that the Lord has given you in order to be a mentor and as well as grow that through people that can pour into you in that way. So um, on the back of your notes, there are blanks there for Paul and a blank for Timothy. So if, if, there, if you do have... Uh, people in your life that are pouring into you, being a Paul, or that you are pouring into a Timothy, feel free to put their, their names in the blank. Pray for them. And I would encourage you to, for your Paul, uh, thank them for how they've poured into you and encouraged you and continue to, to grow from them. And then for that Timothy, I would encourage you to encourage them, whether it's meeting with them or sending them an email or a card, wherever they are, be encouraging to them. And just this is an opportunity to remind you that we can continue to grow the kingdom in that way. If you don't have somebody that's pouring into you or that you're pouring into, either one or both, uh, we're going to take a couple minutes here, and uh, the music team's going to, we're going to play some quiet notes and pretty music, and just to get us in the mood of how can we allow the Holy Spirit to convict us, that there's somebody that the Lord brings to your heart that you can be pouring into, uh, that you can be learning from. If there's something that the Holy Spirit brings to you, I just pray that that would be something that you realize this week. 
um, and that you can enable uh, enables you to enable other people to grow the kingdom of God, to glorify the Lord, um, all surrounding around the gospel, and that's what we want to teach this morning. So thank you for the opportunity to just encourage you to do that, as I will be uh, having to do that in my own life, going to a new place in a new town at Baylor University and having to find new Timothy and a new Paul um, while I'm there. So thank you. somebody we will have some people down front here to come talk to after we're done here this morning but hey cherry hills we love you and we're grateful for you and we want to pour into you as much as you pour into us so thanks for doing that with us as we leave this morning though let's not forget uh, our ballots uh, hopefully to affirm zach as our future youth pastor so as you leave there'll be baskets right out the back by the doors you can just drop them in there for us we greatly appreciate it have a great week we'll see you next week